0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to the MSC Focal Point Podcast. I'm the host of this episode, Dean. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Kuno. Mike is the CEO and member of the Board of the Flow Traders. He obtained his bachelor's degree in business administration at the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management and his MBA in accounting and finance at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. Throughout Mike's career, he has also held the executive director position at Goldman Sachs and partner at Bain Company. In 2021, he has joined Flow Traders as the CFO and became its CEO in February of 2023. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us on my episode as well. And to get started with, after your university, you started your career with six years of Goldman Sachs fixed coverage. What were your takeaways from this journey and what then led to the switch from financing banking to consulting?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I was quite intrigued by investment banking ever since. And also during my studies focused on, focused on corporate finance and, and valuation. And I also got intrigued by M&A more broadly and how M&A can impact the growth of a company and your ability to really accelerate the strategy of a company. So during the, the years at Goldman, I i am quite happy that I gained technical skills around valuation and doing off transactions and also get getting a legal understanding of the underlying contracts. So a bit of a big picture on how to, how to run M&A and financings also from an equity standpoint. The second point I, I would like to highlight is the importance of teaming. So normally you face tight deadlines and, uh, and bigger challenges to, to work through. And at that time, I really understood the importance of the collective ideation amongst teams and the importance of getting pushed intellectually every day and and the ability to bring them the best ideas to the table. And last but not least, and that's on a very personal level, I think if you're working in such an environment where you need to jump into the water every single day and and learn to swim, you build your attitude. So the attitude is a combination of never give up, always be optimistic and be positive about change and also allowing change happening for yourself on how you grow as a person. And I'm very happy looking back that I got an opportunity to get exposed to these experiences.
0: Thank you for sharing that insightful di- dissection of that journey part. And you joined Flow Traders in 2021. What motivated you to take on this new challenge? And what were the transferable skills to a CFO role? And what were the areas you need to develop on?
1: Yeah, let me start with the personal statements. I'm very happy and equally lucky that I had great mentors throughout my career. And what all of these mentors helped me to develop is an understanding that you always need to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And in a way it's it's mental, personal, professional growth, which only happens if you really try to step into an environment, which is new to you. So that was one of the reasons why I felt a change would make sense. The second is after all these years in investment banking and consulting, I developed a preference for becoming more entrepreneurial. So it's great to be a consultant and great to be an investment banker, but in a way you have a a bit of a a flywheel getting exposed to many different clients over time. I felt I wanted to be in charge and and with the team work for multiple years into a vision of a company and I felt was the right timing to take that responsibility. And then last but not least, and that's a very specific point for, for Flow Traders. All the the work I did in in the years before, I felt that flow traders as a market maker and liquidity provider is one of the key ingredients to steer and accelerate financial market innovation.
0: Thank you for sharing that point. And now let's shift our focus to the financial market and flow traders. With over 16 years of experience in the financial industry, how has the financial market evolved over the years and what role did technology and digitalization play in this transformation?
1: Yeah, I like that question lots because the changes have been massive already over the last two decades, if you will. So availability of data has shifted massively. The interconnectedness or interoperability of markets have shifted massively. The the speeds with which transactions can be executed has significantly increased. So with all of that, technology has already been a game changer. And it's fair to say that technology will even further be a game changer for the next decade. So I'm touching mentally onto the the rise of digital assets, tokenized assets, where you can think for a second that illiquid assets, private debt, private equity could become tradable. So you could create significant liquidity and address, for instance, the illiquidity discounts those assets still have and make it much accessible for investors around the globe. So in all of that technology will be, or will remain the key game changer but on on top of that i also feel that when i talked about boundaries are more and more gone i also feel that globalization has fundamentally impacted financial markets and even more so we are operating in a in a global environment and if i just stick to one of our key pieces of our vision we would like to get rid of boundaries and make sure that you can transact assets buy and sell across the globe without any settlement cycles that create a two-day window until you actually own the assets. So technology, again, is the key enabler, and there might be a point in time, maybe sooner than later, where you can sell assets anytime and get an immediate, instantaneous settlement in place. And and the, the benefits for the investor, both retail and institutional, are obvious. So this is only doable through technology, but in a way, I also feel that The ecosystem idea has really changed a lot in markets. So now we are seeing many ideas coming to the market where many firms take the route of really collaborating. So you see alliances between technology players and market makers and exchanges and and firms that uh, might not have been in this space before, like, like banks broadening their footprint and embracing now all of a sudden activities they have not seen before. So those boundaries also are less, less existent, I would say. And with that in mind, I sense that there's an opportunity out of collaboration and an ecosystem alliance approach, we can drive innovation out even faster. And in a way, you could argue that's also needed because the challenges ahead of us in global alignment and, and making sure that, for instance, from a re- regulatory side, You have a kind of harmonization across the planet. This is really needed in order to create the collective joint vision on where global financial markets need to go. So that's very exciting for us because there are tremendous opportunities behind it, but it also creates a notion around new priorities for a firm in this market, including ourselves. So we have become, to give you a very specific example, significantly more open We started building relationships and we started reaching out to talk about the benefits we can bring to the table. And we are quite excited about it because we sense that more opportunities come to us collectively and the impact then on financial market innovation as a whole is significant and will further be significant over the next few years.
0: Definitely. And as integration between technology and trading is becoming more prominent, We have seen the rise of numerous tech trading firms. How did Flow Traders differentiate itself from its counterparts to become one of the world's largest liquidity providers?
1: We are very much focused on three key themes being transparency, efficiency, and innovation. And with that in mind, we have really started transforming global financial markets and have built a leading position and built scale in our business. So the, the company today is meaningfully more global than a few years ago, at the heart of this success is our culture. So we are very much an entrepreneurial culture. So we try to push the boundaries every single day, and we try to create a collaborative environment in order to make sure that the best idea wins. And we do that literally every single day. So that climate is really pushing you individually as a professional in this organization, but also creates a a, a notion on a daily basis, even that every idea matters and and matters meaning not just for the success of the company, but for the impact we are able to have on, on further driving out innovation in markets. There's another point where we are excited about, which makes us very unique. So out of trading, we not just built a broader trading pattern and looked into or started building adjacencies across all asset classes and across many different geographies. We also became a capital investor. So we founded a venture fund and started investing in a variety of different companies, not just trading companies or platforms in the broader ecosystem, where we felt given the technology competence we built and the trading capabilities we built, we want to reach out to others and become actively engaged as equity investors in helping those firms to thrive. A Very prominent example is. Co-investing in a trading platform that can cultivate the, or enable even at the, at the beginning of it, the trading of digital assets and uh, and the benefits I talked about before, but us being at the table, we can transfer for our technological capabilities in order to help them to become a more prominent player in the market. And this is very much driven by the benefits we see behind it. So we became significantly more embracing and more, yeah. With a more invitational perspective on making sure that it's not just about us, it's how we can impact the the companies around us and the ecosystem as a as a whole, in order to make sure that innovation stays on a high level and and can further be accelerated.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And in the past two years, Flow Traders has expanded its products from traditional ETPs to include assets such as FX, commodities, cryptocurrencies, and fixed income. What has additional new products brought to the firm? And what are the next steps to this growth?
1: Yeah, the the key idea behind the the expansion is that we would like to be in a way truly asset class agnostic. So we are interacting with more than 2,200 counterparties being institutional investors like pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, larger family offices, and we would like to offer them a trading experience across all asset classes depending on their needs and requirements if you will so the competence we have built gave us an opportunity to really expand into into a broader set of asset classes and the this kind of multiple product approach is at the heart of us wanting to be a very efficient player for these counterparties so really depending on what they need we are able to transact with them and also the the point on Building a multi-asset platform very much relates to being able to be best in class from a pricing competence perspective. So it's not just the offering per se. We want to make sure that we have reliable processes in place and with these processes, the best pricing offered to our counterparties. So that as as a combined package is really critical and at the heart of our strategic agenda.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. And what is your perspective on the outlook of the trading industry for the next five to ten years? And how does flow traders fit into this picture?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about the the prospects of global financial market innovation, which also explains why I'm still very much energized here in my seats. But what what we foresee and what we're excited about is that for the next five to ten years, we will see a significant step into digital assets, and digital assets meaning tokenized assets that are tradable every day around the world and giving you access to investing opportunities in a highly, by default, highly electronified setting, very reliable based on blockchain technology. So that's one of the opportunities we see. Related to that is the opportunity that the yet illiquid illiquid part of the market, I did mention private debts, commercial real estate, for instance, could become tradable through tokenization. So there is a a vision of significantly improving the size of the global asset pool. And on top of that, with that size increase, there's also more data coming to the market. So data, and you you might share that notion, has already been a game game changer in financial markets. But the availability of more data also then drives more systematic decision making on investment decisions. And it's not just on seeking the best return, it's more broadly seeking the Best risk adjusted return. So the dream is or the vision is with more data, you're able to significantly step up your gain in the asset allocation approach you you take into consideration when doing investments. And then last but not least, and that's more the societal benefit parts, if you really embrace the full-blown electronification of markets and digital assets, then you're also embracing the fact that you might be able to relate to the huge unbanked population around the globe. So offering investment opportunities to people who have not historically been able to to invest. So that part of technology should also be taken into consideration. And this brings me back to the earlier point I made, what do you want to leave behind as a company, but also as a business professional in that company? So I personally feel a high degree of responsibility on my shoulders, making sure that we not just thrive as a company but really have a meaningful impact over the next decade, how global financial market innovation will look like. And in my mind, it's very much related to the benefits I just talked about. It needs to be tangible and it just needs to be, well, tangible for the community as a whole, both retail and institutional. And I think the bigger narrative is we need to collectively embrace these responsibilities in order to work it out because it does matter That at one point in time, we understand what the end target picture of of markets should be so that capital in an aligned kind of setting can flow into the right investments and make sure that we all embrace the same ideas on how innovation needs to be further up, needs to be built further out. So that's a point where we are at Flow Traders very excited about because we feel that responsibility and we are delivering into it day in, day out.
0: Thank you for sharing our perspective. And finally, after an exciting journey across investment banking, consulting, and trading, what insights and advice would you give those who just started the journey in the financial industry?
1: Uh, thanks, Dean. There are a few points coming to my mind. First point is stay open. So don't get framed in your perspectives early on and have a certain mental, intellectual flexibility. Embrace the fact that your career is a journey. So hopefully, You'll able you will be able to see many different things and and those things might hopefully impact you and in a positive way and and frame your your understanding. I think it's also important to acknowledge the facts, constantly expose yourself to new learnings. So back then many people said, Well, you never stop learning, and it's true. So that mindset is is critical in order to be open for change. And then last but not least. That's more personal statements. Cultivate an understanding for yourself. So listen to yourself. So what I said before on trying to find your passion, that's not naturally an easy path because you get many different pieces of advice and you see many different things throughout your career. But really hearing your inner voice and trying to understand what really fascinates you and where your passion lies, that's critical. I think it's critical in order to find a, Uh, a path in your life for your professional endeavors that really also has an opportunity to impact you as a human being. So I think that's the key point I I feel has made a significant difference in my life and, and stick to that passion ever since. And last but not least, the point on what do you want to leave behind? So I sense that the entire planet migrated into an understanding, making a career also relates to. Accepting responsibilities. So it's not just about yourself. It's about the people you impact. It's about, you know, the, the, the values, the company stands for you work for. So, and a lot now is interconnected and you understand that there is a shared responsibility for us being business professionals and having a reflection on this and then understanding how you can combine your passion and your, your capabilities, your talent with that mission is really critical. And a very personal point on this, if you get to that point, you will understand that there is a high degree of, I would say, return, emotional return. And that could create really a a, a wonderful experience throughout your life.
0: Well, thank you so much for this advice and your time to share your amazing insights with us today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode. Stay tuned for more future content.